If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind Pump, look, we talk all about fitness, health, building muscle, burning body fat, improving your sex life, but we also talked about current events and our own lives. The first 35 minutes of this episode was the introductory portion where we talk about those things. Here's what we talked about. We started out by talking about Glow, the new supplement from Organifi to improve the look of your skin. Um, Our employee, Rachel, loves it. Then we talked about Adam's new messy house. It's got kids stuff all over the place. Can't get a handle Welcome on it. Welcome to the club. We talked about heartbreaking moments with kids that makes things that make us cry that have to do with our children. We're so sensitive. We talked about the study done on the UK. Apparently, there's a lot of uh, inbreeding going on there for a little while. Why'd you look at me like that? <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. Uh, Justin talked about how his son is using tactics to not go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Smart kid. Yep. I talked about studies on how vegan diets uh, are causing certain nutrient deficiencies like choline and how taking certain vitamins can be risky um, and why scientists say the best way to get your nutrients is from real food. We talked about the show Diagnosis on Netflix, and then I brought up a new study comparing regular soda to artificially sweetened soda. By the way, our sponsor Organifi, the makers of Glow, we have a discount with them. All you got to do is go to Organifi.com forward slash Mind Pump. Use the code Mind Pump for 20% off. Then we got into the questions. The first fitness question, this person wants to know what are some good tips to improve their deadlifts. So we talk all about how to get stronger with your deadlifts and how to maximize the effects of the deadlift. Next question, does practicing a healthy lifestyle improve your sex life? Hell yeah, it does. Oh yeah. <laughs> Next question: Are diet breaks necessary, or can or is long term consistency better for getting your body to change? And the final question: What are some of the most awkward moments we've had with clients? I think mine wins. That was probably the most embarrassing one of all. I'll give you that. Also, this month, Maps Starter is fifty percent off. Now, Maps Starter is a program designed for people to get started. With resistance training, if you want to reap all the benefits of working out with resistance, building muscle, speeding up your metabolism, sculpting your body, MAP Starter is the perfect program for you. Or if you're someone that likes to work out at home with minimal equipment, this program uses just dumbbells and a physio ball. It's also a phenomenal tool for trainers, so personal trainers for your beginner clients. This is a great tool for you to help your clients get to their goals. So this program... 50% 50% off. Here's how you get the discount. Go to mapsstarter.com. That's M-A-P-S-S-T-A-R-T-E-R.com and use the code STARTER50. That's S-T-A-R-T-E-R-5-0. No, no space for the discount. Speaking of Rachel, What's she that? destroys the Organifi Glow Drink. I know. I've seen her drinking it like crazy. She keeps it in the little fridge. In I, the haven't front. Had, I haven't had it yeah, yet. She's the only one. Really, well, it's that's taking advantage of that. It's right? in the pink bottle. I think it's mm. it's marketed to women. Um, have you guys tasted it? No. It actually tastes pretty good. Oh, really? Yeah, but it's designed for skin to give you like, that's why it's called glow, right? It's for your skin. So she's been drinking it like crazy. And yeah. I told her when we first got it, I said, test this out. Let us know what you think. What do you guys think of her skin? Well, she looks beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. it's working. 
Glowing. I mean, have you asked her up to the name? She loves it. Oh, she does. Yes, she loves it. She oh. has it every day. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. No, I, I, you know, I know she, I know she's had uh, like skin stuff. So I know she's had to see a dermatologist and stuff. She was, you were helping her with her diet, with her gut and stuff early on. Weren't yep, you? to try to to try to help with, uh, you know, what some of her issues were. But she's been drinking that on top of it now for at least a couple months. I want to say a month or two. So what? And it, she likes it. What is it in it that's supposed to be? There are Ayurvedic herbs um, inside the formulation. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not familiar with uh, with them at all. Um, I've done a little bit of reading on them. <laughs> this is found- hey, hey, this is why we hand that product off for someone else to test. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, if well, Sal- the pink in the name to me, I was like, ah, I'm going to pass. If Sal doesn't know what's in it for sure, then we'll hey, hey, give it to one of the employees. Yeah. <laughs> Let's have them test it for a while. No, I did. I looked up the here. I have a screenshot because I looked up the when we first got the order in. I did my own research. I just wasn't. You know, I wasn't super privy on it to begin with. And usually I know... I, I'll well, know. that's why we avoided talking about it on the show, because we were like, okay, we don't know enough on it to be promoting it. Exactly. So there's uh, something called Camu Camu um, that's in there that's supposed to be good for the skin. Uh, Tremelia is also supposed to be really good for the skin. Um, and then there's things like Rosehip in there, which is high in, in, in you know vitamin C and collagen, which... You know, if you're deficient or your protein intake is low, collagen can help with connective tissue. Mm-hmm. But I think it's the other compounds in there. Um, that are the uh, most valuable. Yeah, the most valuable, and she likes it. She really loves it. I said I just walked in, and she had the little glass, clear glass shaker cup or whatever thing that she uses. It looks mm-hmm. like a pink lemonade. What is it? It's pink. Yeah, it's a pinkish it's, color. Yeah. What does it taste like? Is yeah. Lemonade. Yep. Kind of like oh, okay. that. Yeah. It's really good. It's got like a fruity flavor to it. All right. Anyway, hey. they do a good job. I mean, every time they come out with a new product. Yeah. You see works. our you see our boy uh, Andrew uh, uploaded the new gifts. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Dude, dude. Justin's dude. rainbow. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna be using that like crazy. Dude, yeah. So good. Yeah, the one where I'm doing the Italian. Thing. Yeah, the the hands. The what do you call it? It's like 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 but, crab claws, kind of just. Hey, hey what the fuck? Hey. I don't know. That's yeah, pretty good, <laughs> yeah. dude. Adam, I like a name. Adam, you were uh, complaining about your uh, your home. Oh god, me- <laughs> you're gonna put me on blast. On <laughs> you the said podcast? it looked like kids shit everywhere. I, yeah, you know, and everybody told me this is this is yeah, dad life. It's the new norm, dude. Dad life, dude. I you know what? I tell you what, for all my young guys that are listening still, wait. Wait. <laughs> as long as you can. Wait. Wait, wait, wait. Remember, remember how shit he was talking a weekend? Oh yeah. Justin? Oh man, it was real confident. The audience wait. he would yeah. show up to hey, work. It was a week after. He's fuck like, you. I submitted. I already submitted to that, all right? <laughs> All right, fuck you. We got him to admit it. Yes, yeah, I record. 100% submitted to that. I was an asshole for the for saying some <laughs> shit like that. I already admitted to that. Yeah. that it was. It's the real deal, dude. Fatherhood's the real deal. And so. are, now your AC is busted, so you're still downstairs, yeah, so we were, and you have no AC. Yeah, last uh, last weekend we were up at uh, <clears throat> Sanctuary, our spot up in Mor- uh, Mount Monterey. And we got uh, we got a phone call from her brother who was watching. We always have someone stay and watch the dogs or whatever. And he's like, I don't think your guys' AC is working. And I was like, oh, God. And we have this heat wave coming through right now. San Jose yeah. is like never really hot. <laughs> no. so all of a sudden it's, it's like 91. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? So anyways, we uh, get home, uh, call. And of course, because it's Labor Day weekend and stuff like that, we couldn't even get anybody out till the next day. Next day they come out and they go, uh, and I'm hoping it's like a fan belt, you know, or some shit. Like I, I can't fix it myself, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. Do they have fan belts? Yeah, and flux capacitors. <laughs> I just think you widgets. I hope it yeah. just <laughs> a spark plug went out. Yeah, yeah. Replaced I don't fucking know. I'm pretty know. sure it's the grommet. I hope it ran out of gas yeah. or something. Hope it so it just has to refill it or some shit. Oh man. Yeah, you know. So I'm like, I'm taking you know educated guesses like that, hoping to God that uh, they can fix it. So, anyways, it's not the flux 
flux capacitor or uh, the the belt, it's uh, fucking broken. It has to. Have, we need a whole new one. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So we got to, and that's gonna take another week. How or are two. you sleeping now? Like shit. So yeah. do you just open the windows? Yeah, like ten fans surrounding you, or what? So, yeah. So I'm all the way on the. So we have because people people need to know this. Adam likes to sleep like a like he needs to be cold. Polar He's bear. another Arctic bear. Like yeah. very very yeah. cold. Yeah. Not just nice. Yeah, it no, can't no. be seventy two like everybody else or seventy. Needs to be like fifty. People come over my house in the summer. Wear a jacket, and they do, and <laughs> yeah. they're cold. They're like, "Fuck, it's cold in here." Like that's how I like. I like it, which is probably why we blew the fucker up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but anyways, I'm all the way at the very bottom floor of our house, which it's at least that stays, especially right now, a good ten degrees, maybe more, cooler than the top of the house. Mm-hmm. So uh, Katrina and and Maximus are on the top floor and are in loving the the tropical feel of the house right now. I can't stand it. So I'm all the way at the bottom, and then we have a lot, bunch of windows on the bottom floor. So it actually actually cools off by nighttime. So in the, by 2 in the morning, and I don't go to bed now till like, my shift to kind of help Katrina out uh, to give her some relief. I try and give her from about 10 to midnight or 1, give or take, uh, that time to, like, sleep right before she's going to go into the – because, you know, there's a good chance she's up two or three times mm-hmm. through the night, and so if I can give her a, a good little power nap before she goes – so that's kind of our system right now. <clears throat> but I mean that leaves me from like last night 12:30 and up I'm normally up by about 6:30 or so and hoping that I have a perfect night's sleep, which I don't. You know, mm. absolutely I don't. And right now too, my dogs are so we don't normally have the windows open. We normally keep the windows closed and the AC running so it keeps the house quiet and you can't hear like people walking by or cars and my dogs are so protective. That anytime somebody walks by the front of the house, they go crazy. So at least once a night right now when I'm in a deep sleep. (laughs) Are they downstairs with you or upstairs with Katrina? They hover. You know, they they, they hover wherever wherever they're cool and comfortable. So it's pretty hot upstairs. So sometimes they'll come hang out with me. They always stay together? Yeah. Yeah, they they typically stay together. Although there's this funny pattern like, so Bentley has a bedtime at 9 o'clock. It's just like clockwork. It, It doesn't matter what's going on in the house. At 9 p.m., he leaves everybody and goes upstairs and gets. And, and I think the reason why this is is because the two of them fight uh, all the time, like fucking brothers. And they have there's we have one we've kept one dog bed out because mm. we used to have two dog beds. He claims in, it that way. Yes, yeah. and so he gets up there early to make sure he claims <laughs> yeah. it. I totally think that's what it is. <laughs> that's it's old like, wisdom. It yeah. is no, it, it yeah. is. It's the older dog, and he's just like he heads up there and go claims his spot, and then gets in the bed and gets all comfortable. So. He'll normally go up there. Mozzie stays downstairs uh, and then would normally go up after we go up. But since I've been sleeping downstairs, sometimes he stays down there with me for a little while. Yeah, it was but, good seeing your boy the other day when, when Katrina brought it. His cheeks are filling <clears throat> out. Yeah, we just did yeah. his... Uh, oh, man, bro. Can I tell you something? I was not ready for this. I was not ready for this at I all. I tried warning you. Every, everybody did. It just I didn't think it was a big deal. So uh, yeah. had his first shot. Mm. Broke my fucking heart. Oh, I told you. I told you. Let me tell you. Let me right. I remember that. Let me tell you what broke my heart about it. What what I wasn't prepared about because it's like it's not like okay he's eight weeks old so it's not like I'm not used to crying. Heard plenty of it. Mm -mm. Cried all he cries all the time. Right, it's Mm -mm. part of the deal. I know what you're gonna say right now, but I want to hear you say it. And it's a different cry. He got the shot and it's a cry I've never heard. And that fucking just like I was just Mm -hmm. like I was like angry. You know what I'm saying? I was so angry you about it. You want to fight someone. I did, yes, dude. Poor yes, nurse. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, 
and and uh, it gets me even choked up just talking about it. It's so crazy because he he like looks at because he's trusting yeah. you. Yes, yes, that's yes. exactly what it he is. He cried yeah. different and he looked at me like bro. I did it. You yeah, know, yeah, like yeah, oh yeah, man, yeah. that just crippled me, bro. Yeah, yeah, Dude, yeah. that happened to. I remember uh, you know with my oldest and uh, like the nurse was trying to put in an IV and couldn't get it. Mm. And so Courtney's like a wizard. She's she was in pediatrics and. They would always call her actually to other units to come help, you know, especially with kids to be able to start the IV because it was just like her thing. And so she's sitting there watching a nurse like fumble around and not oh, get God. it with our kid. And she's like, yeah, she lost it. She's like, I'm going to do it. And then did it first, first try. And I was like, oh, you're a champion because that was just heart wrenching. Dude, the two, the two most hard things that I've ever had to do besides like major things like when my kid got hurt or something like that was when they got shots. And what it is is because your kid is looking at you, yes. trusting you. It was the look of like, the cry. Like, hey, Dad, yeah. I love you. And then boom, and they're like, oh, you betrayed me. Yeah. My I thought father. you were looking out for me. Yeah, and it breaks your heart. The yeah. second one was, and you get better with the second kid because you get used to this, this, you know. But when my son, I dropped, when I brought him to school for the first time, and he didn't want to stay by himself. And I told I was, I was oh building God. it up the whole time, building it up, building it up like you're gonna be, you know, oh, you know, it's man. good to be brave and you're gonna have a good time. So we get there and he knew what was about to happen. He knew, right. like I'm gonna get dropped off. So I bring him there, and he's holding my hand and he doesn't want to let go. And so I'm like, okay, okay. And I'm waiting to the last minute. And finally, the teacher's like, all right, parents, you have to go. And he wouldn't let go of my hand, and I had to peel his little hand oh, off. Yeah, yeah. I had to peel his little hand off mine, yeah. and he and then the teacher held him, and he was like reaching for me like this, oh. and I could the look on his face was like, "Don't abandon me." <laughs> and, I, and I fucking turned around and I walked out, and I'm walking and I'm crying as I'm walking <laughs> through the school, and every parent who has a kid that's in older grades knew right away. They looked at me and they knew like, oh, like oh, yeah, first, first time, first day. And I'm yeah. like, wow, that was terrible. Like, yeah. That was terrible. I was not ready. Yeah, for- a guy hand me a flask. I wasn't ready for it at all. I totally didn't even, I didn't, even, I know people had said so like, oh, it's, it's tough when he does that. But I feel like, oh, it's just because it hurts. I'm like, ah, oh, whatever. But man, it's exactly that. It's the sound of the cry. And the look that I got right afterwards. Yeah, he forgot yeah. about it already. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. Thank God. You don't yeah. know what's going yeah, on. Yeah. I'm good today, but I mean, even just telling the story again, it makes me relive the moment. I'm like, oh, oh shit, it got so, me. <laughs> so the whole thing that like my mom used to tell me, this hurts me more than it hurts you. And she would like, you know, hit me with the wooden spoon. You're like, you're, you're a liar. Liar. Yeah. <laughs> she was telling the truth. Yeah. It probably yeah. did. Yeah. Uh, Maybe not. I don't know. She hit me pretty hard with that thing. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Dude, uh, funny stu- a funny study came out not that long ago. So <laughs> Justin's going to crack up on okay, this one. Okay, yeah. So, lay it on me. No, no, no. You're going to love this one. So um study came out from the UK that apparently, let me pull this up here, thousands in the UK, because they did a big, big genetic study, yeah. and apparently- Where Justin's from? Apparently, thousands <laughs> yeah, in the UK, like a, like a large percentage apparently, more than, than other places, are born were born as the result of extreme inbreeding. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> that explains a lot. No, yeah. no, they're saying that there was like, there's like, oh, because of the the royal line and all that. I mean, they were all inbreeding. Yeah, dude, forever. They, they're saying like thousands of people were were the result of 
of first degree and second degree well, relatives. Isn't that the case with like That's any, like any island? You know, like any island community. They Probably, have have, yeah. Because I mean, you only have so many options. How how, how long was that prevalent for? Like, hey how there, long cousin. did how long did they think that was a good idea to try and stay within the family? Well, that was a that was a common belief in um in during for royalty. I don't know how long that 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 lasted or where it was the worst. I know it was a thing. In the UK, but also consider, like Justin said, it's an island, hmm. so you're just you're surrounded by all these people. Yeah. Um, so you know, it's like, oh, there's my cousin. She's at least not my sister, so we're gonna have kids. I mean, seriously, that's, keep it that's, in the family. That's yeah. what it was like yeah. for a long for a long time. Oh, yeah, that's that's, yeah, that's <laughs> funny. it. Kind of reminds me. Well, this isn't inbreeding, but. Uh, <laughs> You have it's an just love. It's you family have, love. You have an inbreeding story? No, 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 no. My son, it was funny. It was just really funny. So there's lots of tactics that they use to get out of like going, you know, downstairs and going to sleep. They want to stay up. They want to- Oh, like, your, your boys. My boy, my right. boys. And uh, so they pull all these different things like, oh, I'm hungry or oh, I'm this and that, whatever, like different tactics. So my youngest pulled a new tactic on me, which I it took, it threw me for a loop for a minute there. So he, he starts like giving- Courtney a hug and all this, giving her a kiss. And then uh, I'm like, all right, come on, let's brush teeth. Let's go. Let's go to bed. You know, I'm like that old drum that keeps beating the same thing. And he's just like, gives Courtney a kiss, looks over. I'm like, come on. And then he, he looks at me, gives me a funny look at his face. Then he goes back in for another kiss. And I'm like, okay, all right, great. Yeah, you got mom. Okay, cool. Let's go. Another kiss, longer kiss, like a really long kiss. I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay, dude. <laughs> like, this get weird. <laughs> I don't know how to, like, okay, you win. You win tonight. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I don't know what to do about it's that. time to go to bed. It was so funny, though. Like, he just, he, he knew. He knew, like, you could press my buttons. The tactics that kids use when they're really young are funny. Like, my daughter will do this thing where I'll be like, did you... How was your lunch? Did you eat your lunch? She's like, man, I, I, my stomach has been hurting all day. You know yeah. what I mean? I started figuring this out. She's like, yeah, my stomach was hurting, so I couldn't eat, you know, the, the tomatoes and, like, the healthy stuff, you know, I gave her. Yeah. But like, wow, that sucks because we're going to have tacos tonight. So uh, just don't eat because I don't want your stomach to. And yeah. it's so funny. I'll wait. Like, oh, weird. Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll wait. It's like a half hour. Now. She goes, Papa, she, my, my stomach feels so much yeah, better now. She'll wait a little bit. <laughs> she thinks by waiting 15 minutes, you know what I mean? So 15 minutes, she'll be like, she, she, one time she came up to me, she's like, you want to know what's weird? <laughs> what's weird? She's like, my stomach's starting to feel better. I think I'm getting a little bit better. Like, Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. You don't get shit. I caught you. Yeah. We're not having Taco Tuesday. Yeah. You yeah. know what's weird? No, it's, it's uh, because you guys both have two, so it's one more mischievous or deceitful like that than the other? Like, who's more clever out of that uh, kind of kids? My daughter. Both in different ways. Yeah. Oh, yours are two different? Both different. Yeah. Yeah. No, my daughter, and I, I saw this early on when she was little. When she came up to me, she must have been three, maybe. She was tiny. And she's like, Papa, can I have some chocolate? I'm like, I know we don't, we don't have chocolate, except for the chocolate that I hid that we save for guests. You know? But, I, but I, she doesn't know where that is. I'm like, we don't have any chocolate. She's like, yeah, we do. I'm like, where is it? And she walks over into the hiding space, opens it up. I'm like, did you know that this chocolate was here? She's like, no. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? <laughs> then I look over to the side of the couch. It's like seven wrappers of chocolate. It's so side. she already did it. Then decided, yeah, dude. Oh, man. <laughs> little shit. No, she's, she's definitely more sneaky. Yeah, it's funny. It's like as far as like mischief goes, like Ethan's more crafty and and will he'll he'll use it to like get what he wants. Like he'll he'll. Like, for instance, like, we only let them play so much video games. And so he knows that 
in order to get to me, like he has to tell me certain things like, oh, remember, because he'll, sometimes he'll get me to play with him and then he'd like start like recounting like, oh, dad, you made like the most awesome building because you're talking about Minecraft. <laughs> he feeds your ego. He's feeding my ego. <laughs> and he's like- Dad, you're so smart. He's like, Listen, like dad, I, I, I learned this new thing and I think it'd look really great in your place. And all like like drawing this whole picture for me. I'm like, oh, that sounds cool, bud. Maybe if we get to it, he's like, he's like yeah, I'll just go ahead and turn it on. You know, like this <laughs> assumption closed with me. And then, uh, yeah, no, my youngest though, he'll get into the kind of mischief like, uh, when he was younger, I think he was like four or whatever. And we're downtown Santa Cruz and he just like kind of looks at me, laughs and then pulls his pants down and starts peeing on a tree. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> and I'm like, no, you can't do that. You know, like that's not okay. Like we're public. I have to like, yeah, yeah. He just downtown like, Santa Cruz. Yeah, he just, right I know he probably fit right <laughs> in. Right. Yeah. Like it's, it's a, it's a normal thing now. That's hilarious. Yeah. Dude. So, uh, it's funny that we did that, that vegan episode because there's more and more studies that come out coming out about veganism and there were a couple really interesting ones. So there was one, a paper written in the UK that talked about how if you're going to go vegan, you need to be very careful with damaging your cognitive ability because of the lack of choline that's found in the, in the vegan diet. Mm. Mm. More, more stuff they lack. And huh? choline, <laughs> well, choline is, is mm. some, some scientists uh, make the argument that choline should be considered an essential nutrient and there are some studies that show that when vegans and vegetarians supplement with choline, that they get a cognitive boost kind of similar to what- Creatine. Uh, yeah, creatine. like what you get with creatine. Mm. And then um, there was another uh, paper that came out in Scientific American that talked about the dangers of taking supplements now that we're on the- uh, of, of taking nutritional supplements like uh, multivitamins and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to pull it up for you guys because it was kind of interesting. And they were talking about how uh, uh, some of the- the damages that can happen from like excessive B vitamins, they found like too much vitamin B6 uh, resulted in more bone fractures uh, in women. And they think it's because it competes with receptors that estrogen competes with. So women who were taking too much B6 weren't able to utilize their, their estrogen as effectively. Oh, interesting. Causing more bone fractures. Um, vitamin A, um, high doses of beta carotene and vitamin A make lung cancer deadly far more deadly. Hmm. And so they were talking in this article about how the ideal way to get your nutrients is what we always talk about is to get them through food because when you take them through supplements the uh the likelihood that you can take too much is far higher. Mm -hmm. Um and uh, and in some and in other cases you just don't absorb as much like getting your vitamin D levels to go up by take by eating vitamin D2 which is found in uh, like in plants, like mush certain mushrooms are high in vitamin D, but it's a form of vitamin D that you'd have to consume a ton of to see any changes in your in your D levels in your blood versus D3, which is found in like, for example, cod liver oil, for example. So. Does the speed of that too make a difference in terms of like digesting it like with from real food versus like encapsulated form? What do you mean the speed of it? Uh, like um, say, you know, you... you um, basically, you, you take a pill and then like your, your acid like right away like uh, breaks it down versus like food will take a little bit longer to break down. You know what that's a, that's an interesting question. I I it's I'm not sure. You know there are there are lots of cofactors and other compounds in foods that oftentimes enhance their bioavailability. For example, this is an easy one. This is a simple one, but like vitamin D3, it, it's uh it's better utilized when there's fat present. So like cod liver oil is a fat. It's omega-3 fatty acid. Yeah. So when you have it with that, then you absorb better. If you just took pure vitamin D3, 
without fat, then you probably wouldn't absorb as much. Um, vitamin C uh, is oftentimes utilized better in the presence of like bioflavonoids that are found in like uh, like oranges, for example. Citrus fruits have high bioflavonoid, uh, you know, uh, compounds or whatever. Makes the vitamin you know C much more bioavailable. But it seems like it's all already been done for us in natural form. And so the further we get away from that, it tends to create problems. Uh, totally. That's that's exactly it. It's like, and it's not that the food, I mean, there's two ways you could look at it. I guess you could look at it and think, oh, the food was designed perfectly for us. Or, so that would be like the creationist uh, belief. Or the evolutionary, which is our bodies evolved to- Alongside them. Yeah, intake these nutrients- in these forms. Yeah. So our bodies are better Either suited. way you look at it, it's a yeah. good idea. <laughs> Either way you look at it, what you don't want to do is you don't want to be in a position where you have to supplement with nutrients. Yeah. You want to be in a position where you have where you can have all your nutrients through food. Uh, and to be fair, it's, it's difficult regardless. Uh, but the point we made in the mm. vegan episode was it's more difficult... Um, uh, for a yeah, lot of it's people very in, that type of, yeah, yeah. in that type of well, it's interesting. deficiencies. I, don't you think that the evolution of supplements in general came originally to help people with deficiencies and we've now started to use it more like a luxury or an excuse not to get it from real food? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, well, um, vitamin enrichment came uh, became a thing when we started having nutritional deficiencies because that's what i'm saying yeah because of all the uh the fact Pushing that we, the grains and everything else is subsidized yeah so yeah. they would they would like put iron uh in foods um or iodine and salt because children were getting uh, were having uh, goiters uh, as a result of low iodine so you know when you go buy like morton salt you ever notice how it says iodized? Uh-huh. Yeah. That was like a government push at one point was because there were iodine deficiencies were so common hmm. that they started just putting iodine in salt as a way to give people more iodine. And it worked, but it is it is quite interesting, right? Yeah. We have yeah. to do that kind of stuff. Well, dude, uh, have you guys had a chance to watch uh, that show Diagnosis on Netflix at all? I want to watch it. Oh, what is that one? It was super fascinating. Um, so basically this, this doctor, this lady... Um, she had always wanted to do this, had wanted to be able to source uh, like problems. Have you ever watched that show House where mm-hmm. he does like, like he gets these really unique, like impossible uh, ailments that he's trying to figure out and give them a, the proper diagnosis so they can treat them well. And so uh, this was always a, you know, a problem amongst doctors is to try and narrow down like the real legit diagnosis because sometimes you get like mixed symptoms that like look like something, but it's really not that Are they thing. using like crowdsourcing? Yes. That, oh, so they're using yeah. crowdsourcing now all over the world, not just like, and two, what's good about that is there was this case with this guy who didn't know he had Gulf War syndrome. So the only doctors that really knew what those symptoms looked like and how to even look for that were within the VA. And so he, he wasn't going through the VA, uh, like trying to find out why he was having all these problems with his brain and why he was developing all this plaque and all this uh, like excess, uh, you know, all these problems that he was experiencing and like his mood changes and swings. And so put it out there and you get all these doctors from around the world and also people who had loved ones and relatives that had similar symptoms and gave their anecdotes. And so, but what's good about it is that this isn't just like you know, everyday average people sourcing and then trying to like go through and filter it actually like this doctor, um, she actually at the end of the day, like, like takes all that information in, like narrows it down to like the real solid leads that she thinks are going to be most appropriate to look into. 
and then like dives deep into that, and then they've been able to solve. Yeah, like, I've read about this crazy problems. I've like, read about this. So this is um, crowdsourcing, where they they will put information out to massive amounts of people. Yeah, and oftentimes solve total mysteries. I love it, dude. It really like it made me emotional because it's like it's watching human beings like be like really like uh, i don't know it's like, like a really good resourceful and helpful yeah just like humanitarian yeah. kind of a, a an approach to you know real problems instead of all this bullshit like uh, politics that we get flooded with that reminds me of this test that because uh, there is it's funny you ever notice like humans always we always want to go with the crowd and although there's danger in that you got to ask yourself well, why why do we why do we tend to do that like that one study where They'll be. A, they'll have a bunch of test people in, a, in an elevator, and they'll all be facing, you know, to the left. And someone will walk in, and they'll naturally face to the left. Mm -hmm. Or when people are waiting in a waiting room, and you have a bunch of test subjects or, or or actors or whatever who all stand up when a when a bell goes off, and then sits down. And before you know it, the people who aren't part of the, the test or who aren't, who aren't actors will start to copy them. Yeah. And it's funny that we have that natural inclination to follow the crowd. And you ask yourself, well, why does that exist? And it's because in some cases there's a lot of uh, brilliance in the crowd. And there's this one test that proves it, which is really fascinating. Don't we have mimicking genes uh, too? We do, and we're extremely social. But there's this one test that that, mim that demonstrate this so well. So, And you can try this out. They'll take a jar that, let's say, they fill with uh, with like pebbles or, or jelly beans. Mm -hmm. And then they'll tell 100 people to guess how many jelly beans are in there. Then if you take everybody's answer, oh, yeah. you average it. You get remarkably close. Like very close within like a couple uh like five like, or ten, you know, jelly beans. Remarkably close. And the more people are a part of it, the closer you tend to get to yeah. the actual number, even though you know the the top, you know, uh number and the bottom number are way, way off. Mm -hmm. You just add them all up and average them out, and they come out to something really, really close. Yeah. Pretty weird, right? Yeah, it is weird. It's really, really crazy. All right, I got another study that came out on uh, artificial sweeteners or diet sodas, I should say. So I love. <laughs> You're this really thing. building up your case, it seems. Uh, <laughs> no, they. they uh, hey, Lane's yeah, gonna yeah. lose before he. <laughs> so I was like, I've been doing research. No, it just I'm not. It just came out September 4th. This was in the Washington Post, and they found that uh, artificial sweeteners or diet sodas and regular sodas are both totally connected to early death. Um, and in one study in particular, I got to pull that one up. And one study in particular, the diet sodas were connected to worse outcomes than the sugary sodas were. You want to so, you want to know uh, something that I noticed personally, and I know this is just my story, but I've talked openly about diet cokes like crazy, and I told you what I did. Like, and this has now been I'm probably I don't know I'd say six months or so. In six months' time, I think I've had two diet cokes, maybe three. And what I've done, and only because it was like I really wanted something like that, and that was kind of like the only choice wherever I was at. Mm -hmm. But what I've done is I, I replaced that with like sparkling water. So I've been drinking that. Like I just needed something carbonated to kind of get rid of me craving. And at first there, it took me a while. Like, I'd say, like the nicotine gum version of. Uh, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> literally, it took I've, me, I've learned to like sparkling water. No, yeah. I, it's what I had to do to like kind of wing myself off of the cravings of wanting to have the Diet Coke all the time. So it took me about a solid month before I noticed like, oh, they're like, they're completely gone. But I'd still have the occasional like I have sweet tooth where I'd want a Coke or want something. And that's where I told you guys I'd switched over to using the real cane sugar in Hansen's. So I'm drinking like a Hansen's uh, root beer thing sure. that I'm drinking. It's like 130 calories, real cane sugar. What I noticed with it, I can buy a six pack of that and it'll last in my like a month in my house. 
Like I rarely ever have the craving for like the way I was craving Diet Coke. Like Diet Coke's no joke. This is me being very real and honest with people because I think I can't be alone in this. Mm. I start drinking them. Like I can go from not having them all. I start drinking them once. And then this, I want it again the next day. And then I want it again. The, and then before you know it, I'm having two sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then I'll watch myself get all the way to where it's like I had it at lunch. I had it at dinner. And I'm like, I want them at every meal. There's two reasons for this, I, I believe. The You're coca not- leaves and the uh, artificial sugar. <laughs> yeah, no. no, there's two reasons. First off, the study that I read that said that in some in some of these studies that uh, artificial sweetener uh, or sweetened sodas had worse outcomes. I don't necessarily think it's because of the artificial sweetener. I think it's because of the behaviors that they tend to encourage and make they make people eat worse food. They're they're a part of a bad eating lifestyle. And what you're talking about, Adam, I think there's two reasons for this. One is artificial sweeteners are far sweeter um, than sugar, and we know this. They just have a they just hit that. Yeah. That's sweet. Uh, that sweet well, they've, sensation. They, they've been engineered to. They yeah. are. That's that's. They're. I don't know how many times sweeter they are than sugar. I it's it's a lot. It's like a thousand. Yeah, like, something like that. Yeah. So that registers in your brain. There's another piece though. There's when you drink something with sugar, especially if you're somebody that's um, health conscious and you have somewhat of a value on your aesthetics. Okay, so you're like, you know, I like enjoying things, but I also like to look good and and feel good. Sugary drinks with sugar and calories come with the natural barrier and limitation of calories. So what I mean by that is if you're somebody who's into how you look and you drink a soda, you know you've consumed 150 calories. That's a natural barrier. That's a natural thing that'll kind of make you stop having more because you think because it's not coming with you know artificially sweetened drinks come with this this aura of no uh there's zero side effect there's zero effect. That's an interesting theory because I'll, I'll pay attention to that more if that's part of what keeps restricts me from wanting another one. For sure, I agree with that's what justifies me going from one to two to three. Yeah, because like, well, there's no calories. No calories. Right. And so I it want, it. Come with I that want it. I have a craving for it. I want it. It's no calories. Of course, I'm going to have it. It's right. not even a question. So when you're trying yeah. to train a client to start to change how they, to the, you know, how they enjoy food, uh, the relationship to food, calories serve as a nice little you know speed bump. You know what I mean? It's a nice little, hey, you can enjoy it, but then remember you're having lots of sugar and there's lots of calories. But what if they're like, oh, this has no sugar, no calories? Now they can indulge in that that behavior over and over again. And that behavior is not isolated to just the soda. That behavior bleeds over into other things. Mm -hmm. And that's why we see when people consume lots of diet sodas, they don't lose any weight. You think that they're replacing sugary drinks, therefore they should lose weight. No, because then they just eat more. It just encourages that type of behavior. It's not part of a, of a healthy lifestyle. And I do think for people like us who are, you know, we're somewhat concerned with how we look, when you remove that barrier, it's like, oh, there's nothing stopping me yeah. from having more Yeah, it's more, interesting. More. It's, mm-hmm. it's been a really interesting thing for me to pay close attention to because, you know, I, I do. I remember I've, before I've talked about how I, I'll go on and off. Like I allow myself to have Diet Cokes and then I say, okay, I'm going to wing myself off. No. And then I'll go t- periods, none at all. But every time I, oh, it, and this has just been part of a, a ongoing cycle for me is that if I'm not drinking them at all, I'm not having any. And then when I decide to have them, it's only a matter of time before it goes from, and I don't go from not having them to one every day. I go from one and then I say, oh, once occasional, mm-hmm. but that occasional turns real quick to one a day and one a day real quick turns to two a day and two a day can real quick turn to three day. And that can happen to me in the, the in probably about a three month time frame. So within three months, I can be 
having Diet Cokes with every meal all of a sudden in, in a day. And I noticed that and I do. And I, I remember in the past, a lot of that is the justification of, oh, it's it's no, it doesn't matter. It's zero calories. It's, you know, and we know that artificial sweeteners don't kill people. So I'm okay. So no big deal. But it also, I also noticed something too, like, man, uh, fruit is so much better right now. Like fruit is a million times better when I'm not drinking diet sodas. When I'm drinking diet sodas like crazy, it totally ruins fruit for me. Does let me ask you a question? When you're drinking a lot of diet sodas, does a sh- normal sugary soda start to taste bland? Yeah, that's so. This is why, like, yeah. the wow. reason why I don't like uh, like regular soda, diet soda, I like better. Okay, in the first place, and the reason why I hadn't done the real cane sugar in the past is like, and so I try to do that. Do you remember when Coke still has it? And I and I'm not a fan of that, which I should try because it's been a while since I've been doing the the real cane sugar thing. Coke Zero has a stevia, or excuse me, a Coke Zero. Oh, the green one. Yeah, the green Coke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is half stevia and half uh, real cane sugar, mm-hmm. and I just don't the 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 taste of it. I don't really enjoy. But I when I left. Drinking the Diet Cokes this last time, went to doing all the sparkling water. And then when I did decide to reintroduce any sort of a soda, I said, okay, I'm going to reintroduce a real cane sugar soda. I'm not going to try and cut it in half like with a green Coke and just to try and save extra. Mm Because that's all it does. By doing the half stevia and half real cane sugar, it's like they're trying to blend the best of both worlds. It's only a 50 calorie drink. Just to bring the calorie amount down. Yeah, it brings the calories down to 50 calories, but then you're you're using real cane sugar and Mm -hmm. stevia, which is a little more all natural versus like, you know what Coke Zero is using, but no, I noticed a big difference. I noticed a huge difference uh, in the way fruit tastes, and and that's been awesome. And now with the real cane sugar, I can actually enjoy it. But then I don't, I don't crave it the same way. Like I said, a six pack can last in my refrigerator right now, like for an entire month. They really, and even if I'm like cranking them out, cranking them out isn't one a day. Even it's just occasionally. No, it makes it really, really hard to eat a, a whole natural diet when your your taste buds and your perception is so skewed by those types of foods. Then no. you go try and eat something that's whole and natural and it's fucking boring. Yeah. It's just totally boring, doesn't taste good, you can't really enjoy it. It doesn't it doesn't help you at all. The cool part is you can get that back though. Yes. And yes, that's you what, can. and I and I try and explain that to clients that I would have that would didn't don't like you know, fruits and vegetables. And a lot of times the people that don't like fruits and vegetables consume a lot of these products. Mm-hmm. They consume a lot of the Diet Cokes and, and and fake sugar or sugar-infused type things because that's why. It's fucked up their palate completely. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time I really, when I, when I didn't like really, really get this. This didn't come all the way home for me until competing because I'd never ever been that consistent of like eating all whole like eating really clean for a really long period of time. Mm. And boy, man, I remember and and also being in a deficit and you know being hung, like really feeling what hunger felt like. Like boy, when I was like that and I, I all of a sudden this new love for fruits and vegetables came that I just mm. never had before and and it wasn't until even like Doug and you where now also I could sit down and like like even right now it sounds great just talking about this like a big old bowl of you know rapini and, and butter and oil or something mm-hmm. or, or a big old Brussels sprout recipe like Doug does all the time that sounds amazing mm-hmm. right now this quaz brought to you by Organifi for those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition Organifi fills the gap with laboratory tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge try Organifi totally risk free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com that's O-R-G-A-N-I FI.com and use the coupon code MindPump for 20% off at checkout. 
First question is from Steve Kellerman. What are your tips for improving deadlifts? Should I be changing the rep range? How often should I increase volume? You know, it's funny. There was a, uh, what's his name? Andy Galpin. He yeah. did a post. Uh, did you see his post that I he did the other day? Yeah. No, I didn't see it. They did a post where they were testing the amount of muscular, I think it was like muscular damage and uh, how much the central nervous system was affected. And I'm not quite sure how they did. They do this test, but they compared the squat and the deadlift. The squat, yeah. Now, what like would the you age think? Age old test of which one gives you the most? Yeah. Which what, what would you think? Squat. Which one would you think is more taxing squat, overall in the squat, body? Squat. No, you think so? No doubt. So I. So here's what I've always uh, felt and believed, and, and powerlifters have shared this sentiment as well: is that squats, uh, you can squat more often than you can deadlift. If you deadlift too often, yeah, it starts to get bad. Don't do too often; you'll hurt yourself. But you could squat, you know, five days a week if you do if you have good form. But the, the, te- the study actually came out the reverse. It, it, it said what you say. Yeah, right. I would think that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just I think there's so... Uh, and deadlifts are a leverage thing. Now, the whole body gets worked in both of them, yeah. right? There's no mm-hmm. way of avoiding that. But it, because it's a leverage thing versus something crushing you, mm-hmm. yeah, something crushing you just... You're, and, and speaking more towards like your, your core area, your grounding, everything, I think there's so much more that has to be working mm-hmm. and is and is also potentially yeah. compromised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it just feels to me like the squat, I can distribute that force a little bit more than with the deadlift. The deadlift, I'm like really concerned about my back and like, uh, you know, making sure sure that I'm bracing and keeping that all like super connected. But yeah, I, I would have thought deadlift sure, personally. Sure. Yeah. Well, so uh, let's talk about improving the deadlift. Now, s- now some exercises lend themselves really well to high reps and other exercises, not so much. The deadlift in my experience, isn't a great high rep exercise. Um, they work really, really well with lower reps. Uh, I like doing, and I've loved, I've loved training clients anywhere between one to eight reps on the deadlift, and I rarely would like to go over than that, uh, than, than eight reps. And part of that reason is when your form breaks down on a deadlift, it can get really bad. It's not, uh, it's not a safe exercise to do with bad form. Well, especially, right? especially when you're working at like 75 to 80% of your load or capacity. Like, I don't ever want to be doing like a higher rep. Like, I don't want ever to take a deadlift to failure on a 10 to 12 rep deadlift. But mm. I'll absolutely do 10s and 12. I for sure will do that with those. But But your intensity is pretty low. Or right? way low. Yeah, it's yeah. when I go it's this is when I'm working mm. technique or speed. Yeah. Yeah. I love to if, if I'm going to do high rep deadlifts, it's a perfect time also for me to switch my what I'm focusing on. Instead of it, instead of doing 12 reps and really pushing to where that 12th rep is like challenging to where I can almost not do it, I could probably do 20 reps with that with that weight. But I'm actually working on the speed of it yeah. or, or or I'll even do like pause sometimes you guys ever do this where you you pause in middle parts of the halfway deadlift halfway up yeah yes. halfway up and then That's finish so way. you know yeah. so when I if I'm going to do deadlifts for high reps it's normally to break up my heavy deadlifting if I've been doing that consistently mm-hmm. for a long time and then it's like okay let's work on technique or let's work on speed or let's work at parts of yeah. the deadlift now I like I really like doing uh, one day a week of deadlifts where it's relatively heavy and the the reps are low um, and you're focusing on that kind of top end type strength. And then if you're going to deadlift another time during the week, that's when I'll go lighter and focus on uh, maybe like what Adam's talking oh, exactly about. Exactly the same, on, same yeah, protocol. Exactly. Focusing on, focusing on form, squeeze, you know, tighten your core. Everything's perfect. Um, deadlifts are also phenomenal with progressive uh, type resistance tools like chains and bands. Oh, yeah. Boy, do I love using uh, chains and bands uh, with deadlifts. They just really get me strong and feeling really, really good. 
Um, the other thing is there's lots of different versions of deadlifts. And although they don't completely uh, carry over, there is some carryover. So if you're stuck at your conventional deadlift for a while, move to a sumo or to a trap bar deadlift. I love trap bar deadlifts. That's one of my favorites. It's, it's, yeah, uh, that's one of my favorites. It's an easier, safer version, I should say, in terms yeah. of risk versus reward than a traditional deadlift. Um, and there's some decent carryover. I was able to pull... And you can pull more weight with a trap bar, but it's good to get a feel of that heavier weight. Like, I and mean, having that neutral grip, too. I like that change of pace. Totally. Um, there's, far, also, there's a place for rack pulls for somebody who's trying to improve yeah. their deadlifts, too. Like This is where that stuff makes sense to me. Like the, I like the deficits better, but yes. I've never, both. I, have you done a lot of rack pulls? Yeah, I haven't done a whole lot. Yeah, of them. Okay. No, I, no, I wouldn't say I've done a lot, but well, I mean, I've done a lot in my career. It's not, it's not something I do a lot of, though. Mm -hmm. it's, it's something that I intermittently will put in there, especially if my goal is to improve deadlifts and I'm, and I'm increasing the volume. So if I'm increasing the volume of deadlifts, I'm not going to be doing it the exact same way. In other words, I'm not going to have three days of deadlifting in the week and they're all going to be heavy loaded five by five type of training. Like that's a bad idea right. like, that you're going to, you know, for sure tax yourself and that's where injury could possibly happen. So maybe one of the days is the heavy load like that. Maybe another day is the high rep and speed work and like what Sal's talking about. And then another day might be rack pulls. Like that, so where it's not as taxing, right? So that's ways that I would incorporate a move like, or deficit deads. Yeah, in terms like, of, yeah, deficit deads, I was going to get back to that because I, I remember doing that, especially like the sticking point for me is that first bit, right, of like getting it off off the ground was was the real slow, uh, you know, grinding part of the lift for me. And so when I once I started doing more deficit deadlifts, that really did help initiate more force there in the beginning. Yeah. See that, and that's another good point why I like why I like rack pulls because my it's not I can almost always get it like. I've been able to pull 600 right. off the so floor, but I can't, can't finish it. But I can't yeah. finish it. I'm like you. Yeah. yeah so. I, it's, it's like once I, I'll get it off three inches off the floor and then it ain't going anywhere. No, if I can get it up, then I'm going to finish. It's really? Just, yeah. It's yeah. That first See, part. So, so that, and that's a good example of how you would do other work during the week to increase volume to also improve the deadlift is pay attention to that where your sticking points are on your deadlift and then incorporate moves like deficit deads or rack pulls to try and help. Now, that. here's one of my favorite kind of workouts. I'll give you an example and I'll use weight so you can kind of see how much I'm scaling the weight uh, up or down uh, based on this particular workout. I love taking, so if I'm going to go do heavy singles, so heavy one rep uh, sets with a deadlift, and it's not my max, but it's heavy enough to where it's a workout, I'll work to, up to about 495 pounds. That's five 45-pound plates on each side. So here's one of my favorite workouts. I'll take 315, so I'll go down from five plates down to three, and I'll do two reps, but I'll do 10 sets. So I'll do 10 sets, two reps, 315, really easy, but I'm pulling the weight strong and tight. And as I'm getting deeper and deeper into the workout, I'm feeling more and more confident and sure, I'll pull faster and harder throughout the workout. And I'm doing 10 sets, and it's not intense. 315 to pull two times is not hard, but because I'm doing so many sets and because I start to work on the speed and power of my mm -hmm. pulls, mm -hmm. I get a great workout. And it takes a long time, but that workout uh, does a great job of boosting my strength and muscle building, you especially also, for well, you're building the skill of it too that yeah. way. Which yeah, you also did something else that's really smart that's important to note. If you're going to increase volume, that that's what you do. Is If you're going to end up doing more sets, more reps, you're obviously going to end up getting more volume. So you want to reduce totally. the the load so you're not the intensity isn't that high while you're also increasing. So if you're going to increase volume, you want to decrease the intensity a little bit so you can handle that. Next question is from Mind Pump Official. Does practicing a healthy lifestyle improve your sex life? 
If so, how? <laughs> the, Did you pick this one, Adam? The, no, this is not okay. me. This was me. So uh, this one cracked me up because towards the end of my personal training career, I, I started. I was getting lots of referrals um, uh, from the clients that I was working with, and I, towards the end, there a good chunk of my clients were in advanced age. So I, I would say, towards the end, there at least fifty to sixty percent of my clients were. You know, late 60s and up, uh, many of them in their 70s, which is a that's a big percentage of your clients. Usually you'll have maybe one client uh, in that age group. But towards the end there, I had quite a few. And what used to crack me up the most was whenever I would get a new client that was an advanced age, like clockwork, the the the. There were a few things that they would always comment on that they noticed that they improved in their bodies. Uh, I'm getting a little randy, Sal. Yes, yes. <laughs> one, of, one of them was like, "Oh, I feel a little stronger, or I, yeah. I have more energy." And always, always, they would always tell me that they were hornier, but in yeah. some way, shape, or form. And it usually started like this: they'd come up to me and be like, <laughs> "Is I'd it like, normal? Hey, how's this conversation yeah. go?" Dude? Oh, I'd be, like, I'd be like, "Hey, Susan, how you doing? Hey, Sally, come in." And then we start our set or whatever, yeah. and then they'd be like, "Um." So what kind of effects does uh, does weight training have on the body? I'm like, well, yeah. you know, build muscle, blah, blah, blah. I do my whole thing. Like, what other kind of effects? And I'd look and I'd <laughs> yeah. know already, right? My I'd, soldier was at full salute. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. I'd look at I'd look at her and I'd be like, what else are you noticing? Are you noticing like more vigor? And she'd yeah. be like, you could say that. And we'd laugh. And then I knew what she was talking about. Or if it was an old man, they'd be straight yeah. up about it. Be like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm waking up with boners again, Sal. Like, hey. <laughs> like, I just started this dance Thanks. class. I just want to meet people. Yeah, yeah. no, I mean, does... Have being healthy give you a better sex life? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, remember. Well, the- it's it's not just that it's not just healthy. I mean, there's studies too to to show the how much uh, what your sex or your uh, testosterone levels decrease when you're above 15 percent body fat. Oh right. And 15 percent body fat is you you got to be if you're. We're under, talking about for a man. Yeah. 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 yeah so if you're under if you're under 15 uh, percent body fat, you're in pretty good shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 14 percent or less. I mean, I I would like to I think that I carry myself most of the time between nine and 14 is about where I fluctuate through. You're in pretty good shape if you do that. You got to be training pretty consistent. So somebody who's doing that is already going to naturally increase their testosterone levels. I remember just, I mean, obviously it wasn't that long ago for me when I was telling you guys that like it was just in the dumpster for me. Oh, when you went off your your testosterone? And I was doing everything, everything from natural testosterone boosters to the uh, infrared, like all these different things. Uh, You know, Sal had me on a protocol to try and address it. And I tell you what, and everything did help. Dude, they, I, I definitely noticed a difference from the infrared. I definitely noticed a difference from the test. Wizard, but nothing felt uh, more significant than heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And specifically heavy lifting. I noticed when I was like squatting or dead. Now, what was heavy to me? I was a lot weaker. So heavy to me was almost 50% of what my load is right now. So I wasn't very strong, but challenging my strength like that and pushing those limits and squatting and deadlifting. And and when I say that pushing limits, it's not long, intense. Sometimes it would be a 20-minute workout, and I would just do five sets of squats, but I would, I would go heavy loaded. The next day after that, I always felt like this boost, and I, I saw a boost in my sex drive, my mood, my energy, and everything. And then if I missed it or went a few days of not strength training, I would feel it go back down again. Right. Well, you got to. I mean, keep in mind your 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 drive to have sex is one of our most uh, primitive drives. It's one of the you know. There's like get water, get shelter, get food, and procreate. So and it's a very made. 
very, very primitive drive. Now, there's a lot of reasons we have sex, one of which is to procreate, but we have sex for lots and lots of other reasons. But ultimately, the reason why we dr are driven to have sex is to procreate. And your body will not want you to procreate if you're not healthy. And it makes perfect sense. Evolutionarily speaking, you know, if, you can, if you're not a healthy person, you're probably not healthy enough to take care of an offspring. If you're a man, you're not healthy enough to hunt and find food. Or if you're a woman, you're not going to survive the childbearing process. And so you're going to lose your sex drive. Mm -hmm. um, in women, this becomes quite obvious. Their periods become you know, very erratic. Sometimes they'll lose their period. In men, sex uh, drives goes down quite a bit and their sperm count goes down. And so you just don't want to have sex because your body's like, you're not healthy enough to procreate. So good health improves and increases your vigor. So physiologically speaking, yes, it makes you, it puts you in a better place to have better sex. But there's also a psychological component. This is a big one. This is a huge one. When you exercise and you move and you're fit, you feel yeah, good you and feel good. you look good. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Nothing makes you, I don't know about you, you guys. You exude that. Oh. that. That confidence comes through again. I think a lot totally. of times people get inside their head too much and then, uh, you know, th that's one of those things. It's just like a downward spiral. You start not thinking you're the best right now. So, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it kind of goes back and crawls, you know, back to its home. Think Well, think about it when, uh, you know, you do something really awesome or you're feeling really good about yourself. It, it makes you more sexual. It makes yeah. you you know, much more of a sexual person. Also, in modern times, a sex killer, absolute killer in modern times, is stress and anxiety. Those will destroy anybody's sex drive. Sex killer! Yeah. In fact, oftentimes, people will think they have like hormone issues or whatever. Then they'll get their, te their, their hormones checked, and the doctor's like, no, they're normal. And they're like, well, why do I not want to have sex? And it's like, well... You know, did your you know are you overwhelmed at home? Is your husband helping you, or you know, for a husband, how's work going, or you know, how's your relationship with your wife? The stress and anxiety can have a huge negative effect on your sex drive. Yeah. And the one thing you can do to improve anxiety and stress that is not pharmaceutical, that is extremely effective, as effective, and in some studies maybe even more effective than pharmaceuticals is exercise and being healthy. Mm -hmm. Like if you're healthy and you work out, your stress levels go down. Sex drive goes up. Well, it's funny, and I, that's why I joke all the time about you know like what's happening you know in my household and whatnot, and why I'm outside building things and doing all this. <laughs> it, it's it's like the environment plays a major factor, you know, and the stress levels and the things that need to be accomplished, and you know we're living inside our head too much, and then it's like oh yeah, well okay, you know here we go. And you want to like alleviate all that and like and, and get the stress out of there and like, uh, you know, make those opportunities where I can help. And then, um, you know, we can get outside of that environment and even just getting outside helps to, to promote, you know, more of that like strong connection that you had. Absolutely. You know, having a healthy mind and body um, makes you want to connect and procreate or just have sex with people. Uh, it's one of the most effective things you could do. Anybody, and you know, there's a, there's a, I'm, I'm sure there's a, a genetic predisposition for sex drive, and then there's lots of things in our lives that kind of affect that. But I, I like to think of it like almost everything else that there's this range, you know, and you can be in this real low range. And my low range may be different than someone else's low range, but I can make my range go up just by being healthier, getting good sleep, getting good sunlight. You know, eating good food, uh, lifting weights, and exercising—it's going to give me, uh, you know, a better, healthier sex drive. And then, in terms of this actual sex that you're having, well, I mean, if you're fit and healthy, I mean, you can do some moves. Yeah, well, sex is a—it's it, a vigorous activity. 
I mean, it, it really is. It, it, you're moving, you're doing things, and being fit and mobile and having good stamina and energy, uh, do you think that'll improve your sex life? I think so. Next question is from Ms. New Booty. Wow. Are <laughs> diet breaks necessary or can long-term consistency still get you body composition changes? Well, we, we should change. I want to change the question Yeah, the a question's bit. a little confusing. Well, I'm going to change it a little bit because I think quote-unquote diet breaks can definitely be a part of long-term consistency. Mm. So I think sometimes people confuse consistency with I eat the same way all the time. Like I'm always eating super structured, super healthy, and that's what's considered consistent. And if I go out on a weekend or have a nice dinner with my, you know, my girlfriend or my boyfriend or go out with my friends, then now I'm breaking that consistency. I don't think that's the case. I think this is being flexible. I think an overall healthy relationship with food looks like that and it's consistently like that. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I do enjoy You account it. for that. That's, that's exactly right. So now that being said, studies do show that uh, when they compare people, groups of people who are dieting, the groups of people who diet and then include what are called diet breaks, well, they'll eat more food for a week and then go back on the diet or whatever, they do better. Mm-hmm. They do better both uh, by sticking to the diet more consistently, I think because psychologically it gives them a break, but they also, there seems to be a physiological benefit as well. And I think it has to do with like, you know, like how we reverse diet people where we mm-hmm. give them more calories, metabolism speeds up, they start burning more body fat, and or at least it helps mitigate the slowdown, the metabolic slowdown that happens from being Help too you synthesize, you know, nutrients better and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, stuff, stuff like that. So, Well, I think, that, I think that she asked too, the, the long-term consistency for sure gets you the body still. I think the question sometimes people have is, you know, if, if I'm not on a diet like that, can I still be making changes over time if I'm not tracking and doing all that? And absolutely, it's just going to take longer. You know, that's that's the thing that I always tell people about when getting into tracking and making moves. It's, it all depends on who I'm speaking to. If I'm talking to someone who says, ask a question like, Adam, I've got six weeks. Can we make the most moves in six weeks? What are we going to do? We're going to be on a diet and we're going to track and we're going to be super rigorous about it. If you're somebody who's like, I don't want to do any of those things, and I, but can I still build the physique I want? Yeah, absolutely. Over time, you just keep making better and better choices. And I actually think that's a much healthier approach. The reality is, though, most people are impatient. Mm-hmm. Most people want both worlds. You know, I get yeah. that all the time. Like, Adam, I want to get in the best shape of my life in six weeks, but I don't want to follow any diets. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? What am I so <laughs> not, not a magician? I'm you know? really serious. No, it's totally. Don't you guys remember getting that? I used yeah. to, I used to get, all the time. Yeah. I, used to oh, that, diet, yeah, yeah, I would get these demands yeah. of how fast they want something, but then they had to give me all these rules on what they're not willing to do. It's just like, yeah. okay, well, yeah. that's going to be tough. You know, we'll see how that works out for you. But no, I think, uh, I mean, I'm not tracking right now. I haven't tracked in a long time, actually. Uh, I've been just kind of eating and, I, and and it's very inconsistent. Uh, I think the biggest thing that I notice when I'm not tracking, I have a hard time hitting protein targets because what always happens is when I do get back to tracking and I just kind of track what I'm doing, I go like, oh shit, I'm under consuming that. But I'm aware of it. So I consciously try and make an effort and I notice, I can always tell in my strength, I can even tell the way my physique looks when I string three or four days that are really good where I know I was like making sure I was getting good three, four meals that were six to eight ounces of meat in it. Like I definitely can feel it and and see the difference, but then I'll kind of not get that for a week or two. And I kind of don't care if I slide back a little bit because I'm not trying to make any crazy progress right now. You know, it's not a big deal. Yeah. I I mean, in my experience working with people, being on the same kind of caloric intake all the time is not as effective as allowing it to fluctuate here and there. 
both from a psychological component, but I also think there may be some physiological component. Like I noticed this, whether bulking or cutting, like if I was always eating high calorie all the time, throwing in a couple low calorie days, my body would respond better. Why, why wouldn't yeah. it be like that? The way the body adapts to everything else is like that. Of course. So of course. why wouldn't the metabolism do the same thing? Yeah, and I mean, there's no way we evolved in an environment where we're fucking eating the same thing all the time. I'm pretty sure we had days of high calorie when there was food right. and, and lots of days this of low is calorie. all new. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think your body works better that way. But at the end of the day, whatever works better for you works better for you. So you know, sometimes people ask this question. And what I what I am afraid of is I'll I'll give someone a piece of advice that runs counter to what you know works better for them, hmm. but then they'll stick to it. They'll try and be stick to it hard headedly because you know Sal said it or whatever. At the end of the day, if something's working for you and you feel good and you feel like you have a good relationship with food and you're you're consistent with the same food all the time and you know you heard you should have diet breaks, but you're like I don't know this is working great for me. Don't do it. Yeah. Listen to your body. Next question is from Elijah RG ninety six. What have been some of your most awkward moments with clients? Oh, no. I have one that comes to mind. This is going to be fun. Right away, the first one that comes to mind, and I remember a client's name, Mindy Doe. She was one of my favorite long-term clients that I had. Great, great client. And we had been training. I want to say we'd already been together for a year. We'd been training, I think, already. And uh, I was. she was doing dumbbell chest press or dumbbell flies, one or the other. And I was handing her 10-pound weights. And these were the old 24-hour fitness ones, the rubber ones. So 10 pounds, you guys know, are like really thin. Mm-hmm. And so they were really thin and they're light. So a lot of times with clients, I would I would pinch the outside oh, of the weights so, and then, until they grab it. Oh, no. And we just missed the handoff. Where where'd it go? Oh, it bounced off her head. No, yeah, yeah. I wish I could say that's never happened to me. Oh (laughs) my god, bro, I was so fucking embarrassed. Like, oh, it's the worst. You know, you just even even though part of it was kind of her her fault too. I'm the fucking trainer. Like that should never happen. And that was and never again did I hold the dumbbells like that. I I think every trainer has done that. I've done the same thing. Really? Exactly. Holding it just like this. I feel so much better now about that. But once though, yeah, that's all it takes. It was five. Pounds, you you yeah. bounce a dumbbell oh, off of someone's head, you only do it one like time. A little bit of a mark, too. You well, know, you know why? Like, oh, she had a so big bad. ass goose egg from it. Oh, it was so bad. oh, yeah. No, it was fucking really bad, dude. It was, oh, I mean, wow. we had to stop the session. It was like, <laughs> she had to like gather herself. I'm like, <laughs> oh, get you checked my out. God, dude. Yeah. And then it all like fucking 10 minutes later. <laughs> This big ass goose. Oh. Like, oh, it's fine. I yeah. barely even notice it. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know why? I mean, thank God it was. It was literally like one of my lifer, you know, clients that was just. I mean, she was with me. Thank God it wasn't like a first session. Yes. Oh. Yeah. It was. Thank God it was somebody who literally like already just loved me to death as a trainer that like got a you know she was after I said sorry a million times and everything yeah. like that she wasn't yeah, yeah. pissed at me. Because that's a lawsuit right there. Oh, yeah. Jesus, (laughs) dude. That was so embarrassing. And and the reason why we grabbed the dumbbells that way, because I used to do the same thing with the light ones, right? You You, want them to be able to grab the grips. Because how do you hand a dumbbell to someone? You can't use the grip because then their hand has to go on the grip. Right. So you're trying to figure out how to do it. So you grab it by the the belt. So you got to do it. Yeah. Yep, yeah, I did or just thing. do them one individually yeah. each, so you got two hands. Yeah. Well, yeah. okay, so I, idea. I, I know I've told the story on an old podcast, but it's been at least eight hundred episodes, so I'll tell the story again oh, yeah. because it's still what telling it makes me embarrassed. You know what I'm saying? Like, like as is I'm the thinking about this, lady. No, this is the oh. worst. This is the worst thing that's ever happened oh, to me with yeah, a client. Yeah, yeah. So, I was training my I client, know. my older client, who's I don't know, she was uh, I want to say seventy one. And she comes in, hi Sal, oh my God, give me a hug, great, and I see whatever she's this doing. Anatomy, yeah. She's doing her 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 stretches or whatever. Oh, I forgot and about this. She was like, you know, my shoulder hurt 
my shoulder's hurting a little bit because yesterday I was, I don't remember what she was doing. She was reaching for something. She said it kind of hurt. So I took her off the treadmill. I'm, you know, I'm looking at her shoulder and I'm like, oh, okay, it's the supraspinatus muscle. She's like, where's that? And I'm like, you know what? I have a, an anatomy app on my iPad. Let me show you. So, <laughs> so I go in my bag and I pull out my, my iPad because I had got, I had just gotten this really cool anatomy app where you can pull up the I human remember body. That. It's a badass app. Oh, yeah. it's badass. You could point to a muscle and it'll zero in on the muscle. It'll Zoom show you the action. Spin them around. You could spin yeah. the, the the you know the the anatomy figure or whatever. I mean, it was phenomenal. So I'm I'm holding my iPad in front of her, so she's looking at it with me. Yeah. And I you know I push the button for the screen to come on and enter the passcode. Enter into the passcode. Porn. <laughs> <laughs> porn comes Straight up on the screen. Straight Pornhub right away. And it was. <laughs> It was bad, dude. Because, but what are you doing? Jerking was, off at work? It was. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want to know. We never. I didn't ask that the last time you told hey, this story. I Ooh, own the place. It's mine, right? It's my gym. <laughs> I owned it. I never thought to ask you that well, the first time. Then just like, wait a second. Well, this is yet work. I have my phone, but this screen's bigger. It's, a, it's <laughs> an iPad. I had just gotten the iPad. I mean, you know, the first time you get it, you're like, it's a big screen. <laughs> but it was bad. It was bad because it was the you know it was the por- you know the kind of porn you finish with. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. God! You know what I mean, right? Like oh. when you start your session, oh, there's the so- you start with the yeah. easy shit, but right. the stuff you finish with is the stuff you, that you're rewind. You're embarrassed. You're ashamed of. You know what I mean? That's like 20 <laughs> yeah. minutes in, and you're like, oh yeah, this is that's the shit that popped up. Wow. I'm not even gonna. She was seven. so how quick were you to just, uh, delete? Okay, it pops up. So this is how long it was. Pops up. Thousand one, thousand two. Change the screen. Wow, that's so way for too a full long. two seconds, she saw all kinds of stuff. Everything. <laughs> All kinds of things. things now, happening. what was said after? Did, did you just nothing? Yeah, I was gonna say that's one of those times. We never. That's so embarrassing. You don't talk about. We it. both, neither one of us ever mentioned it every and ever. And I, for a for a while there, I convinced myself that she didn't see. It. I was like, she didn't see it. <laughs> yeah, she, didn't she, see it. she was only looking right at it. She saw it. She one hundred percent. I don't even know if I want to tell this story. Only because I feel bad for the person that it happened to. Like, because it was one of my <laughs> clients and. We were outside training and uh, doing like I I liked to get outside the gym sometimes and so I bring my kettlebells and I bring like some equipment out there and we do some drills and all that kind of stuff and so uh, I had her doing some stuff where um, she's working with the kettlebells like getting really aggressive with it and uh, something happened and and I'm pretty sure she shit her pants <laughs> oh, no. and then she just stopped like cold turkey and was like I gotta go. <laughs> like and then just left and didn't didn't come back. But you don't know what happened. No, I don't know exactly what happened. Oh. But I'm you guys just sure had, I've, had, I've had at least at least three, maybe four, and I would think Sal for sure you because you did a lot of advanced age. I had at least three or four uh, women piss their pants. Yeah, oh, from yeah. jumping. And yes, ju- yeah, doing I've jump jump too. boxes, dude. Like yeah. jump boxes. <laughs> yeah. I've learned my lesson with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was dude. Like, oh, I had especially I had, after they had kids. And- I had a lady. You guys have heard of the term corgasm? Have you guys heard of this before? Corgasm. Corgasm. No. Okay. No, so I've heard of the orgasmic birth. Okay. And that's a myth. That's fucking yeah, no weird, way. Justin. Yeah, I looked it's, that up by the way. That's it really is weird. a video. I've seen that video. Okay. Very, very, All right. very strange. Can't get that out of my head. Anyways, corgasm. There are there are certain exercises that some women can do where they're activating certain muscles, and while they're straining, it gives them this feeling like they're about to orgasm, like they're going to have an orgasm. And some women will actually have an orgasm doing this. Look it up. I'm not making this up. Wow. So I had a client who, this was in my early days was of personal the, training. the porn star? No, this oh, wasn't her. This wasn't her. That was a different story. I, we were doing leg presses, 
And she stopped halfway through the set. And I'm like, keep going, keep going. And then she would. <laughs> she's like, okay. She's like, one minute, please. No. And then she was like, <laughs> one minute. No, she she, would, she 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 locked it, you know, and yeah. stopped. And yeah. I'm like, what happened? And she's like, um, I'm like, keep going. She's like, okay. And she did it again. Two or three times she 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 stopped it. And finally she's like, I'm not doing those anymore. Like, and it was because it was causing that. See, like right there. Wow. An exercise-induced orgasm. It's most widely reported to occur during co, uh, core work. And it was yeah. first discussed through anecdotal anecdotes or accounts in 1953. Yeah. So this was, okay, 5% of women he spoke to. So this is the, these were studies done by the Kinsey Institute, the Kinsey scientists. This is like big, big studies. 5% of them oh uh, mentioned experiencing orgasm during exercise. She's like, Sal, I'm doing these at home from now on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Not here. Yeah, no, she, and she told me afterwards what, what was happening. This is later on when I was training her for, for a little while, and I was like, wow. And with that is <laughs> well, that's that, cool. <laughs> you're like cool. Yeah. Yeah. Go to mindpumpfree.com and download our guides. They're all absolutely free. You can also find us all on Instagram. You can find Justin at Mind Pump Justin, me at Mind Pump Sal, and Adam at Mind Pump Adam. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.